This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today's guest is a bit of a big dog. Looking forward to having a chat here to Tim Grant of Drum. G, financial services. I'm looking forward to this, mate. Thank you for being on the show. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. Just got off a plane from New York and feeling fresh as a daisy. Fresh as a daisy. Didn't know daisies felt fresh, but uh, (laughs) good to hear that you're happy and you're well and you're running some Sydney sunshine for a change the last few weeks. Hey, listen, why don't you walk us through a little bit about what's got you into this space in the first place? Because everyone's got a rabbit hole they've gone down. Everyone has an origin story. Bring it. Uh, what's my blockchain origin story? Uh, working at UBS's hedge fund unit, uh, UBS O'Connor, um, ended up going out to see some companies in Silicon Valley, March of 2015. Yep. Go in and see Ripple and Coinbase in the same day. Realize by the end of that day that there's something really significant material happening in yeah. this financial services space. This is going to change the world kind of feeling, but not really knowing quite how that was going to happen. And so got into it enough at that point to end up at R3. R3 uh, from 2015 to 2017 was a really big part of the, of the financial services ecosystem starting to lean in and thinking about how do we, how do we use this blockchain stuff? How do we make it real? Um, a lot of hype, mm. uh, arguably some still floating about. Yep. Um, and then eventually realizing that someone needs to build this stuff. Someone needs to actually deploy at scale into big regulated global financial institutions. And so Drumgee was born to do exactly that. Okay, well, that's a, a very big undertaking that you're taking on there. Is a bit, really. uh, where are you at? And I mean, what's the, what's, I guess, the, the end vision? What, what are you trying to achieve? Like, connecting those dots? Yeah, it's, it's so, you know, so if, you need to cover a couple of pillars to build this whole thing on. And, and one of them was that tribalism is rife in this space. Oh yeah. There's a lot of my blockchain's better than your blockchain and my solution's better than your solution. And, and as it turns out, if you really think about it from a delivering value into these institutions perspective, you shouldn't really care so much matter, about right? that. Yeah. Any more than you care about one operating system versus an, or, you know, iOS versus Android. So, um, so we kind of decided to take a step back and look at it, for, look at it from there. And, yeah. and it, it would appear that very few companies are actually looking at it that way yeah, okay. uh, at the moment. And I suspect that's going to change. So that was our first view. Like, let's, let's take a step back and, and see consensus and enterprise Ethereum, R3 Corda, Hyperledger, Digital Asset, Axoni, all these guys as partners rather than competitors. Yeah. Okay. So that was number one. Number two is, well, then you've got to get the right sort of team together. And you kind of need that little combination of people who understand financial services, but also really understand blockchains and really understand things like security. Because if you're deploying into a big company like JP Morgan, 
They're going to make you run through a whole ton of mm. hoops to get there. So you get that team together, you make it global yep. because these institutions are global. Um, so we're in New York, Bermuda, uh, London, and Singapore right out of the gate. There's 20, 20, more than 20 of us now. And the last piece of the puzzle is, well, what are you going to build? Yeah. And so that's what we've kind of launched into is, is finding the right networks. And we like to call them networks rather than applications because they are networks. Like yes. These blockchain things are networks, actually. Um, and so we're building on two, two, two different platforms right now. And the thing about blockchains is that they actually do a lot of really cool stuff. But for financial services, there's a whole bunch of stuff they just don't do. They're not designed to do. And so our, our idea is let, let all the smart people and all the smart money go into building these basic blockchains, these platforms. And we'll put our attention into doing the stuff on top that they don't do and deliver that as value to the client. So that, that's, the, that's the core idea. Okay. And uh, as far as interest... Have you got a lot? Where are you finding it? So we, 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 we've actually, so we've, we were a bit stealthy for a while. The good news is because of where we've come from, we kind of know all the blockchain players in the space, yes. which is handy. Um, so we don't really have a sort of client acquisition problem. It's more a having something to sell them problem. Products wise. Yeah. So we spent a year really um, from last summer to this summer of 2018 trying to figure out the two things we were going to build and then we got them and now we've gone more public and we've raised money from Consensus. Joe Lubin is on our board of directors which is really exciting. He's a fascinating individual with an extraordinary vision um, and really understood what we were doing yeah. and came in as our sole investor and it's, it just really allowed us to get out well, of the game. Which is really, really handy. Um, and so we, we figured out these two use cases and we do have a group of investment banks who are working with us on one, um, that's called Titanium, um, just a sort of working title for it. And what that is, is pricing over-the-counter assets on trading books in, ah. in banks. So right now, any- So creating a market? Uh, not so much creating a market, but creating, creating consensus-driven prices. And when I say, you ought to be careful using that term because it feels very blockchain-y. Yeah. But it's more like, you know, there are, these things exist already, consensus-based pricing uh, methodologies. We're just decentralizing it. But this is, you know, Credit Suisse is our public anchor tenant, but we're okay. talking to all the other big banks around the world to join this network and be able to price all of their OTC securities in some consensus-based way. But what's cool about it is now they get to, audit and see all their data and, and potentially, which is one new thing that's never been done before, is allow them to sell that data on. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like being if we like with in the Facebook world, what if we actually owned our data? Yes. And if they sold it, then we'd get paid for it. That doesn't happen yet. We're doing that for the banks. Well look, speaking of the banks, I mean obviously you are working with some of those big banks. You just yeah. rattle off some names. I won't press it too much harder for more names. But what's the, uh, what's the general consensus? I'm going to keep using the word a lot at the moment. What is the general consensus amongst these uh, major global investment institutions regarding blockchain? I know they're open to it. Mm -hmm. What direction are they sort of focusing on as, I suppose, block one, stage one, however you want to pronounce yeah. that? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Really, if you look at enter financial services enterprise blockchain, you know, T0 was, was really 2015. That was the year that... You know, digital asset really came into being. R three came into being. Hyperledger, like or, you know, enterprise Ethereum was the following year. Like they all, that was when things really started. And having been in the space from the beginning and come straight out of a bank or in a hedge fund at the time, um, you've kind of watched this arc of interest, trying to do proof of concepts, 
trying to trying to then figure out whether that can be made into real value, getting a little bit kind of into that trough of disillusionment. And I think we've, I, I personally think we're coming out of that. Like you've got, it's been now several years that many yeah. of these big institutions have been involved. Oh, there are, yeah. And they've been, they've put some resources into it. They've got more than just one or two people. And now the use cases are starting to get, uh, that's such a ubiquitous term, use cases, but they're really starting to get like commercial business value driven yes. rather than it's exciting because it's they're, make, they're, they're finding ways to make bank. Real, real money. Yeah. Real cost savings or real new business yep. models. And it's literally kind of we're right on that cusp. But, it, you know, it's, even six months ago, I would have said it's going to be a while. But now these things are starting to get delivered. I know for us as an example, and there are many others, we're going to be delivering next year into production, real financial institutions on these networks in the cloud. Microsoft's our partner as well. But, you know, there's a lot of companies doing that right now. So the banks, I think, are starting to finally say, oh, this this is going to move the needle. Um, but then we're, we've still got, you know, several years to go but but it's it's more real like just as an example if you look at you know, i was in um fia which is the financial industry futures industry association in chicago yep, yep, yesterday yep. and you've got on one of these panels the cme ice yep. rsx yep. chicago boards options yep. exchange and you know dtcc fidelity just kind of digital yep. asset thing. Yep. Uh, td ameritrade which is 11 million clients mm. he's just invested into rsx you know, like, well, that it's happening. This oh, isn't yeah. just, a, and it's not just blockchain. It's actually crypto as well. Well, that's the, this is what we were hoping. I mean, that, that's that, that's a question I want to bring to you, right? I mean, mo- many of the viewers and listeners of this show are thinking, yeah, okay, blockchain. We know it's amazing. We know the technology yeah. is phenomenal. We know it's going to change the world. It's the new internet, three point oh two, whatever you want yeah. to call it. We know that it's real. We 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 know it exists and it's going to change things. But are we going to see any growth in the investments that we currently have? Is it going to affect Bitcoin? Is it going to affect Ethereum? Is it going to, where are we going to see these price growth? Are we going to see this on exchanges where, where the you and I's of the you know, investment community in this tokenized economy, mm. are we going to see the benefits here? Or is it going to remain within these major institutions, mm. swap desks between each other? Are we going to be the people that started the movement but get screwed at the end of it? What are yeah. your take on that? You know, it's a, it's a really good question. And there was, there was I just saw earlier today, uh, I, I, someone told me, so it was secondhand, but someone said that uh, I think maybe City had done some analysis mm. and found out that it, uh, it was only 20 billion worth or 10 to 20 billion worth of money went in that created the $500 billion value yeah. you know, of the market. Now, such that's an interesting thin, well, such a thin market. We, we saw this recently yeah. with the Tether Scare. Exactly. We saw a $60 billion market cap printed by $2.5 billion moving yeah. in. And it's because the books are so thin. It's very which thinly works traded. Both ways. It works right? both ways. And so, 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 to your question about you know institutional versus retail, to, to me, I think it's what's really interesting about this, and I think TD Ameritrade in particular and Fidelity are two of the really interesting kind of. They've suddenly come out, and they're not just dipping their toe in. They're no, actually they're, going all in. They've put their hands up. They're saying, "I'm going live," yeah. and that's. Because 11 million customers at TD Ameritrade must care. Yes. They would only do it if their customers actually care. That's the only reason. Meanwhile, Fidelity is one of the biggest asset managers in the world, but it's mainly managing money for, for individuals when mm. you look at a lot of what they're doing. Suddenly, it's not so much about the institutional. It is a bit more about the retail. Now, the big question is, it's funny, it's funny, everyone, the, 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 the crypto-anarchic libertarian ideal that, that led this all to start. <laughs> yeah suddenly is starting to sort of look in the rearview mirror. And now we're seeing big globally regulated institutions 
putting stuff in place, but for who? It's actually for us. Yes. It's allowing us to they're do They're following things. the lead following as they the lead. should do. They're not, they're not herding us into a pit. Yeah. We're the ones saying we want this change, we want these options, and the big banks. I, mean, I was discussing this last year, talking about the fact that, look, you know, why are the big institutions involved? Well, they will get involved. Why were they yeah. saying it's fraud, it's crap, it's rubbish? Because they don't know and they can't That's make right. money off it. The second Wall Street or any financial institution, because let's not be let's, let's not beat around the bush. Financial institutions are there to make money for their clients 100%. and their shareholders. 100%. That's it. If they could make money selling this table, they would. They just don't care. They've started to find ways in, and those ways yeah. in are benefiting us. The answer to it for us is to have some futures contracts traded on an institutional it. level that settles in Bitcoin, Ethereum, right. and some of those projects within the top 10. That way we can actually see some real growth within that space. So, um, and, that, and that's happening now, like Erisex is a great example. You know, look at look at who invested in Erisex. It's TD Ameritrade. Mm. Uh, I'm sure there'll be others who will who will come on board. What are they doing? They're going to do spot. They're going to do futures. It's CFTC regulated. Yeah. It's institutional grade. Just one example, but that that I think portends as that comes online next year, much more liquidity. That liquidity, in theory, look, I'm not here to say cryptocurrencies are going up or down, but in theory, it should make it a better ecosystem for, for crypto retail crypto traders to, to go and use it for, for the reasons we want to use it. So, look, what is the future for yourself, Tim and Drum G? So, you know, it's interesting because we were talking, we've talked about, we've talked about blockchain, we kind of talked about crypto, and really, you know, they 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 came into being as as one thing. You need a bridge. <laughs> and then they sort of went like that. And yeah. there was the crypto crew and the enterprise blockchain crew, and I think they're coming back together. So a lot of the infrastructure we're building at Drum G, we anticipate as convergence happens, as retail and as Wall Street and Main Street come Get together, closer, as yeah, crypto yeah. and blockchain come together, as legacy infrastructure and new infrastructure comes together. As tokenized world becomes a very real thing, as, as utility, utility tokens and security tokens start to become something very real, and there's some really interesting stuff coming down the pipe, that it's going to be one common infrastructure. So our big goal is to have built some of these, these, these pieces of infrastructure yeah. and for it to be used by everybody. So the vision is five years from now, we've got a lot of, a lot of institutions using our infrastructure. Excellent. Final question. Are you ready for this? Hit me with it. We compare blockchain and the internet, we hear it spoken about often being yes. compared to each other. And the internet really started to do some commerce and get some, you know, start scratching in society. About 93, 94 yep. was really being used properly. Yep. And uh, we saw the boom, subsequent bust in the year 2000 or thereabouts. Now, yep. where are we in blockchain? Are we still within that 93 to 2000 or are we beyond that? What year do you give us? So I, I, this is a question that's been floating around for a few years now. I've heard other answers from the 60s, some people will say we're in the 60s for blockchain. <laughs> I've heard that. And I've heard some people say that we're in the sort of 2000s already. I think it's slightly pre-93. So why do I say that? I have a very specific reason for that. Okay. If we look at what created that explosion, it was the browser moment. Yes. Right? It was Mosaic yep. and Netscape. Yep. And us, we all have that we were memory. Included. We were Suddenly included. we could see it. Yeah. We could touch it. I mean, we all probably remember that time we saw that little world, the <laughs> Netscape with yeah, the N yeah. on it, oh, was the Netscape God. thing. And the world changed for us all. And we all remember that and then see what happened. I don't think 
that we've reached that point yet, but I think we're close. Now, we, one of the things that we are doing, and I, there's plenty of people looking at us, is trying to think of how do you interrogate this very abstract thing called the blockchain? Mm. Yes, there are blockchain explorers, but it, there is no mainstream ability to browse mm. and understand the, the multidimensional nature of what blockchains do. And I think somewhere soon we're going to have some, something that makes that more accessible. Yeah so that we can pick up our phones and suddenly there's, it's not just buying and selling crypto, but there's some way of seeing and releasing the power of the blockchain that's almost upon us. I'm going to go ahead and say it's, not, it's halfway through 1991. Halfway through 1991. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it first here on the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Tim Grant of Drum G. Before we leave, where do the listeners and viewers find out more about you and your project? DrumG.com. That was pretty simple. Absolute pleasure having you on the show. I Thank wish you, you very all much the best me. of luck. Have a great time while you're here in Sydney. Hard and not to. We'll speak again down the track. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time. Bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters. This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Views are of the advertiser, not TraderCobb or the audio presenter.